What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Because He Did. So, uh, first of all, guys, we, we are back. I just want to point this out. We are actually back. I know that you all thought that, that Because He Did was just another one of those podcasts that uh, we'll try it for a couple months and we'll get bored and we'll quit and then it'll die. You thought wrong. That's not that's not the case, right, Christian? We're correct. We're not a part of that graveyard, okay? <laughs> graveyard of podcasts that exists out there. We are back. And so I know you guys have, have probably been just worrying so much about because he did and man, what are what are happening with that? You know, what are Christian and Tucker doing? And and I know that this is all you guys think about is our podcast and it's and, so funny because I think before our dry season, I told people I was like, Yeah, we don't even care how many people we listen. We'll just continue <laughs> recording. <laughs> But, yeah, but the truth is, <laughs> we're, we're actually going to release another episode for you guys, the end of this year, um, where we're going to kind of talk about just what this year has been, some of the things that, that we've learned, and, and really what we are expecting for this next year, because we, we aren't done with this podcast, and we think that God is doing a lot through it, and so even though we've taken a, a month or so off from it, we, 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 we are still invested in this, and we still believe God is doing something through it. But, but with that... Um, this actually is to actually talk about what we're going to be talking about tonight. This is another topical episode. Um, and so if y'all remember uh, a while back, we actually recorded a podcast episode that was all about testimonies and, and how to tell your testimony. And we kind of talked about the fact that, man, like testimony is kind of a church word and we kind of know what it means, but to to actually define it would be a lot harder and to know how to tell it would be even even more difficult I think for a lot of us when it's it's just a word that we've heard and we can we can kind of use it in a sentence but not necessarily know what it means and what the connotation is behind it and all that stuff and so um with that and and we might have even talked about this in that podcast I can't remember but um, that kind of gave us the idea to have a, a podcast specifically devoted to this idea of church words and churchy words, words that that we at the church throw around a lot and, and, and we know what they mean. We can use them in a sentence and we can maybe even point to verses that, that talk about the word, but that we don't actually know how to define ourselves and that maybe have some connotation that's layered underneath it. And so that kind of sparked the idea for for this episode that you guys are listening to now. And so this is our, our Church Words podcast. Um, and so Christian, do you want to kind of walk um, our guests through what, what, what how we're going to go about this tonight? Do you want to do that? Yeah, um, we just thought it was a good idea for each of us to prepare our own list of words first. And so, if we're a little rocky in our defining of it, um, we're having the other person define the word. And so, if we're a little rocky in that, look. It's probably a good thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of is the purpose. Yeah. We're working through this. And um, I just thought with a lot of these words, like, we could just talk through what they mean, how they play out in the church, and, like, just kind of a realization that there's some deeper meanings and deeper levels behind these words that we use so frequently yeah and that sometimes we can maybe even you know i don't i don't obviously we don't have anything prepared so we have no idea if this will come up but some of these words maybe even are misused a mm. lot because yeah. the meaning itself is not understood and so hopefully we'll kind of see that um a little bit in this episode but with that let's dive into some church yeah. words so testimony was obviously i think kind of the first mm -hmm. one um, and so, Christian, real quickly, how would you define testimony? I would just say that it is the story of how you were saved by the blood of Christ and, like, what that means for your life and how God called you. 
Um, that's like a long definition, but but it's just simply like what God has done in your life. Yeah. Um, and I think if we go anything more than that or anything less than that, then we start um, deviating from what a testimony is. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a good example, honestly, to start with because I think testimony is is a very churchy word. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's in some of our. There's a a newsboy song. You know, uh, I'm sure it's other people sang it but the word of our testimonies i can't remember the name of the song but i, just, I remember as a kid hearing that I'm all the time about the elevation <laughs> worship song that says this is my testimony like oh, that's the, literally oh, that's the, the chorus <laughs> i was thinking older as like i didn't elevation oh. worship didn't exist to my knowledge when i was at like 10 but the newsboys did and so i remember <laughs> that word and, and like yeah the word of our testimony had no idea what that meant though mm-hmm. but but you're right like I, I think that that's that's probably how i would define it as well just the story of of our interaction with god and how he has actually changed us what he has actually done in our life i think that's fantastic mm-hmm. christian do you, do you want to kick me kick me off with a word i'll let you start Oof. start out since Oof. i i asked you testimony and kind of threw you on the spot there Be let's nice. just start with um a word that we use a lot and encourage others to do evangelize oh okay this is actually on my list so that's the other thing is that because we came up with separate lists we have no idea what the other person is going to to actually um ask and it might be one that we had ourselves i actually had evangelism on there and so Mm -hmm. to evangelize um i think if i was going to define evangelize or evangelism like i think it is it is the sharing of the good news it is telling others about what God, what what Christ has accomplished, and what that could mean for them or does mean for them, mm-hmm. um, and I think that 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 is simply what I would I, I would sum it up as is it, it is sharing the good news. Mm. And if I, I guess like going with that discussion, there is a verse I don't remember where it is where Paul writes that everyone has their gifts, mm-hmm. some to evangelize. Um, what does it mean to have the gifts of evangelism? And what does it mean? We're asking follow-up questions. <laughs> I would ask a follow-up question. That's fine. No, that's good. Um, like, what does it mean if you don't have the gift of evangelism? How does that approach? How does that change how we live as Christians? Those are probably two questions. Let's ask the first one. That's first. a lot. I so <laughs> I think a lot of it depends on the probably the the uh, the. Uh, you just uh, knocked my just, phone. I'm sorry. I was lifting up my laptop <laughs> to. Well, I was lifting up my laptop to actually look at my Bible. So <laughs> sorry for trying to look at the scriptures, but um, I think a lot of it probably has to do with what Paul is actually saying in that passage. Do you? You, you said you don't remember, remember the scriptures. Because um, my first instinct is to say that Paul meant gifts. For evangelism, meaning, meaning there are certain gifts and talents that we we might have that that make us better at evangelizing, better at going out and sharing the gospel with with people who have never heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't I don't I don't know that. Um, I think that the gift or I, I would say gifts is my guess. I'm curious to see what the the scriptures actually say, but. I, I, I would assume that the gifts of evangelism are probably a lot. Like I would think that there are a lot of different things and ways that the Spirit could gift somebody to make them better at evangelism or to, to make them um, naturally, I don't know, gifted, not naturally gifted, mm-hmm. but spiritually gifted um, to be able to accomplish that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And so that that would be my that would be my instinct to say that 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 that's the case. There's not a that's there's not a gift of evangelism, but that there are many gifts that the Spirit can give us that that point us towards evangelism. That would be my guess, but I you know I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess how I've seen it play out is um, there's just certain people that they're very good about bringing up Jesus to non-believers. Hmm. Like there are people that interact yeah. very well with non-believers that. Um, and so like, you'll hear it. Like, I don't know. Some people have said that about me, but I, I don't agree. I um, same. I don't <laughs> agree about you being an event. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tucker. I appreciate it. That's really encouraging. <laughs> but there have been certain people like they can strike up a strike up a conversation mm-hmm. anywhere about Jesus, and it becomes yeah. so natural. Yeah. Um, to be real about that, and um. Like, it's just, you see it, and sometimes you're even in a service. Like, there are certain preachers that have the gift of evangelism where people are coming Mm -hmm. to faith during the sermons, and then there are others that there's not that that come-to-the-altar response, Mm -hmm. but they have more of the gift of teaching God's Word and and encouraging believers. And, And that is, I think, an example, like, from the pulpit. Just even how those gifts play out. And they play out so much more yeah. in the congregation. Yeah. And so to answer your your second question, the second half of that, I think, mm-hmm. was what does that mean for the life of a non- or for a believer? Yeah, like, is that right? Like, let's say I don't have the gift of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I still should evangelize? I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> For example, you know the, the 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 command that Jesus gives to go out and baptize, um, you know, to, to share the gospel, baptize, make new believers. Like that's not mm-hmm. that's not to those who have been gifted to be great evangelists. That's mm-hmm. to all believers. And so mm-hmm. I, I would push back against that. I think that there's something to say um, that man, like you should lean into your spiritual gift and, and like whatever your spiritual gifting is, like for sure you should lean into that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're exempt from 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 telling people about the gospel like just because it's not your natural leaning or or what the spirit has gifted you especially well in like for example let's say let's just say for argument's sake that steve is not gifted our pastor steve at Mm -hmm. at indiana is not at all gifted as an evangelist um, but that he is greatly gifted as a teacher like Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he's a fantastic teacher. Let, if that's the case, and, and if we look at how he preaches on Sunday mornings, that doesn't stop him from sharing the gospel mm-hmm. or bringing people to Christ by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not saying that this is true of Steve. Like I think mm-hmm. that he has gifts in, in both of those areas. Yeah, sure. But uh, to say that just because he doesn't have a gifting in one, I, I don't think that he would stop sharing the gospel. And I think that that's appropriate for all believers. I mm-hmm. think that we're still called and there's still going to be times, even if it's it's not what we've been gifted to do. I think there will still be moments in our lives that we are presented with the opportunity to share the gospel with others, even if it's harder for us to do so. I don't think that means that we don't do it mm-hmm. personally. I don't know. Do you disagree with that? No, I agree. Okay. I just think there cool. was a time that sometimes you read these scriptures to, to the one who evangelized, like just evangelizes. Um, I wish I could find the scriptures to actually support it, but... Um, just that idea of like leaning into your gifts, what that exactly means. Mm. Um, because there's with other things like pre- with preaching and teaching and stuff, like yeah. the people that don't have that gift um, sometimes do not does not use that in the context of the church. Yeah. Um, most people do. Um, I'm just saying there are certain gifts that aren't being used if you don't 
have that or have gotten uh, You know, actually, that. I will speak to that. I think that I think that it can be really hard for people to. Let me let me backtrack, and just share my example. So I actually do feel that pressure a little bit. Um, for example, um, Sunday nights, like at the at our college services, like I I personally don't believe that evangelism is is a gifting set that I've been given, um, at least not that I have noticed in an in especially great manner. Like there are a lot of people, um, and especially like our other interns. I look at Lauren and at Ethan and and Justin, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Leah and Channing as well, Tyler, Travis, all of them, like, and the way that they just have conversations with new people and mm-hmm. bring them to faith. And, and there are several people that Lauren especially comes to mind that she has just had wonderful conversations with people and, and has just been able to share the gospel with new people throughout this entire semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is an added pressure, I feel like, especially on Sunday nights to like be that person who is who is an evangelizer, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and I don't know that that's a pressure that has been put on me so much as one that I place on myself to like, mm-hmm. I have to fill that role regardless of my giftings and talents. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's true to some extent, but I, I do think that that opens us up to, like you said, neglecting our areas or, or, or downplaying those areas in, in an effort to try to, to be like somebody else or mm-hmm. to, to perform like somebody else who has been gifted in that area. And I think mm-hmm. that that can be kind of hard um, for believers who their their gifting is not necessarily what, maybe one that people see or, or, or one that um, is actively practiced a whole lot. Like, for example, prophecy. I don't know what that looks like or, or if you believe that that is still a thing because I know that there are people who don't. Um, but we don't practice that. I, I wouldn't say in at IEBC, and so if there is, for argument's sake, somebody who's gifted in that, like, that would be kind of hard to like. All right, I know I have this gift. How do I use this? Because <laughs> we don't use that here. I don't know if, if that makes sense or not. But no, I think I think um, evangelism was one that is a call for all believers, but it definitely affects just the way that you lead out in the church and in the community. Um, and it's something that we have to, to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would agree that there is sometimes pressure, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Like with evangelism, I think it is good for people <laughs> who are naturally gifted at that to push those who are not yeah, to agree. do that. Because I know that I would not naturally evangelize if it mm-hmm. wasn't so clearly stated in Scripture. Yeah, um, yeah, like it would not be. I'd be like, and if oh, I didn't I have people around me who were who were doing, doing that it. and mm-hmm. pushing me to do that, mm-hmm. I think it would be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. Tucker, give us a word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so actually, my mine's going to be very easy, and I don't have follow up questions as of yet. But my my word was actually going to be church. Interesting. Okay, um, this is one that is. That this is, is a church word, right? It's a church word. He's so cheesy. It has to be. <laughs> but church is the gathering of believers. And I think sometimes we step away. Because if you look at where church is used in the Bible, it's always a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. And it's just one that we have missed looked at. Because for the longest time, I thought church was an organization or a building. Mm-hmm. And... The truth is, like, the church is a people, um, which is hard. It's hard to even see because, like, I love, 
IABC. Like, I, I love the church. And it is because of the people in the church. But if, let's say, the building... Let's say the building tore down and we couldn't recover it. Let's say that there were circumstances where Indiana Avenue was not what it is now. Mm -hmm. Would I still love the church that IABC is? Mm -hmm. And that's like that's a hard question because our culture has just kind of put put church in a box. That's that doesn't exist. I don't think in scripture. Yeah. Well, and you know, so maybe even to to add on to that just a little bit like do you think that it's the same with like leaders stepping away from from Mm -hmm. a church so like Mm -hmm. for example if steve or tommy or travis were to step away Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. our church like Mm -hmm. would would it still be the same church and like would you still be able to love indiana Mm -hmm. the same way does that make sense yeah and and that's just something i've landed it would be it would be very difficult but i know I think where I'm at now, like, I think having that revelation that church is a gathering of people shows mm-hmm. that it's not relying on one person. Yeah. And, and, I mean, if you talked to me three years ago, I would have disagreed. Like, yeah. I would have probably left a church if something happened. Like, I yeah. probably would have yeah. gone to the way where it is now. And mm-hmm. then if, if Travis left, I would have stopped going. Like, but but I'm just at a place now that it doesn't. It is not relying on those things, and um, you can't step away. Like the truth is, you can't step away from those problems. Yeah. And and you know, I, I fully support people who, if they feel like they need to step away for for biblical reasons or whatever, they they go on their way. And I'm I, I pray that they find a community of believers um, that can support them, but also realizing that like. Just because you find a problem with the church doesn't necessarily mean you have to flee. Yeah. And um, now there are serious theological things that you can navigate through um, that would be good reasons to leave a church. But um, I don't know. Relying on one person is is very dangerous. Yeah. And and it gets and even more so. Churches. Yeah, it gets even more so. Like going to a church because of one person mm. is very different too. Like. The question of if I moved to the Dallas area, which church would I go to? It would be very hard for me to not pick a Watermark or a Matt Chandler church mm-hmm. and instead pick a local church with people yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like that would be difficult because I know it's hard. It's yeah. a hard thing to navigate through. Yeah. Um, this, the, and more so because the celebrity pastor is becoming a bigger yeah. and yeah. bigger thing. Yeah. Which is a whole conversation in and of itself because, yeah. you know, there's the added, like, the feeling of an added, um, not reference, but uh, um, along those, I, I can't think of the word, but the idea that there is some level of, like, verification in in a big name pastor like there's some level of like oh like they they have what it takes like i know that'll be a good church like and so that that just makes that conversation that much more difficult but yeah what 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 word do you have for me or is there anything else you'd like to add on that before we move on no i would just say like um when you look at acts and, and and they're a good example because they had a lot of problems but also they were a gathering of believers that were spread out across many regions and um and even if you look at, for example, the church in Ephesus or the church in these um, biblical places, like 
they they were called the church in that mm. town, but they were made up of many smaller house churches. Mm. Um, and so that idea of like even they were united, like we call yeah. it the big church, but yeah. like they were united still in the church in that region, even yeah. though they had those differences. That's good. That's really um, cool. So I like, no, I think that I think that's an important note. I like that. Yep. Um, okay. Next word. Um, let's go with what does it mean? Oh no, we're gonna get to one of these, and I'm not gonna be able to answer <laughs> it. <laughs> what does it mean to be a Baptist? Ooh, well, that's, not, <laughs> yes. that's not a church word. That's a denominational word. Okay, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google it real quick. Um, to be a Baptist. Um, you know, I've actually listened to a lot of different things, and I actually remember, I even remember listening to Steve give a, a long talk about what it meant to be um, a Baptist, and he, I remember, I actually still have it in, in our office somewhere, um, a layout of, and it was a church history map, but it was really like the family tree of the church and where they all began to split off and what caused mm-hmm. it and all that stuff. And I remember him going through all of that. And I'll be honest, I actually don't remember what it was that specifically set aside Baptists from others, because I know that we're, there are some similarities between us and Anabaptists. Like I know that we are a product of the Reformation, mm-hmm. um, for one, and so stepping away from the Catholic Church. Um, I, I, I believe the biggest thing is believers' baptism, I think, was one of the, the largest parts, but it wasn't everything, and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily what defines a Baptist. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually going to have to say that that one's kind of hard for me to actually sum up yeah i think that the the biggest the most notable things that i would point out are the the protestant that we are a product of the protestant reformation Mm -hmm. um and that we believe in believers baptism um, Mm -hmm. which is the idea that a believer should be baptized after they have come to the saving knowledge of of christ Mm -hmm. um but but other than that i know that there are a lot of other things for example there are a list of different creeds and stuff like the Nicene Creed that, that we adhere to and and that actually helps determine, you know, what or, or, or maybe not determine but clarify and and define what mm-hmm. what it means to be a Baptist. But I would say those are the two biggest things that I can think of. Or the two yeah. easiest ways to distinguish us. Yeah. That's a good thing because um I don't know, like I, I grew up in a non denominational church and uh, IABC was the first Baptist church that I went to and, really um I did not personally have a stigma against Baptists when I um, originally came, but I know a lot of people do, and mm-hmm. and that's one thing. It's just like it is it is a word that is literally only used in the church world. Um, mm-hmm. But what does it mean? That's good for a no, church to be Baptist. That's really good, you know, and, and that's interesting because I I was raised in the Baptist church. I was mm-hmm. born in a um, born into First Baptist Church Dumas and. And so the word Baptist has always been in my vocabulary, but mm-hmm. it really wasn't until I got to college that I had any idea what any of that meant. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just interesting. And I think that really, uh, actually, do you have any follow-up questions on that? Mm-hmm. Because I would like, I think a follow-up and, and maybe a, a larger one, uh, I don't know that this is, I think it is a church word. It is a church word, but it's not one that we use a whole, whole lot unless you're in a church conversation about churches, but denomination would be my follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and just that would be my follow-up word for you, I guess. Denomination. What, <laughs> what, what does denomination mean? We know what are denominations? Why? Why yeah, denominations? I think I think the important thing is, is there's a levels of theology. I think it's called a theology. Is it a triage? I can't remember what it's called, but these issues of the significance of a theological issue. And so the first level, the first tier, would be things that everyone believes about Jesus, and that makes you a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so things like Jesus died on the cross, yeah. and Jesus was resurrected. And there is that second tier where these are differences where you can be a Christian, but just be in different church bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would, I guess, put denominations. It's just that idea of like, there are theological differences that exist between groups of believers um, that, that are big really, enough, the big enough to separate the bodies. Yeah. Um, now we can get in a whole argument about whether or not these are good or bad, but um, this is something that's existed since Acts. Um, just that idea of there was issues of Jewish believers, whether or mm. not how much law they should put on non-believers, and that was an issue that divided the churches. Now they worked through that, navigated that to have unity, but that would be, I believe, a denominational issue. That's today really good. That's really good to look at because you know I, I think that the the circumcision group there was mm -hmm. a, there were a group of Jews in that same denomination that you're talking about that were specifically saying that believers needed to be circumcised just like mm -hmm. Jews were. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's a great example because we believe that they were wrong. You know, um, Paul corrected them, mm -hmm. I believe, in that um, and, and spoke against them a number of times. But but yeah, like I think that's a great example of yeah. what it would look like to be a yeah. in a separate denomination in the Bible. Because yeah. the word denomination is not a biblical word, but and I that's good. Said, that's I, really good. With denominations like... I think you can read Acts and be like, well, that is wrong. Like, we should be really unified. But but I guess the question that I wrestle with is, would it be helpful if we were all... Like, if we took all of the believers in Lubbock and gathered in one place, would that be helpful? Because there would be a lot of bickering about, well, should we baptize our kids when they're an infant? Should we do a sprinkle baptism or just full immersion? No. Or should we do them... Uh, when they're kids or mm. or whenever or when they you know yeah. believers baptism like that's one issue that's a good example it's like there would be a lot of things that would hinder the church to be able to move forward whereas now with denominations we've kind of agreed okay we we try mm. to be unified as one church uh, to basically the best of our ability but we are unified we work within our each of our church mm. bodies and try to advance the gospel, even if we disagree. And we separate because to prevent those, really those issues from dividing a church. Yeah. Um, and now that has gone to extremes too. It has, yeah. yeah. To small issues becoming larger than they are. Which, you know, going back to that, that, that uh, the church history kind of timeline yeah. that Steve showed me, like, it, it, it is crazy. Like, mm -hmm. once the church split, like, it just began splitting over and over and over and over and and before you know it you see all of these churches that they split over one tiny little thing or another mm -hmm. um, whereas you know way back when even if they had those separate issues like it they, they still would have been able to worship together mm -hmm. and it, it's interesting and mm -hmm. and kind of sad honestly yeah. in a lot of ways yeah, for sure. but but yeah all right 
I got I it's your turn here. Yeah, I was gonna say I kind of piggybacked off yours, okay. but I'm gonna count it. Okay, let's get. The word is hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Only Hall- found. Well, I guess there are secular songs occasionally that use the word, but what does hallelujah? I, I do not mean? know the actual definition of hallelujah. Mm-hmm. If if you asked me to define hallelujah, um, I think it it would it would probably be something along the lines of uh, praising and and thanks together somehow hallelujah it would be praising mm-hmm. god and and also simultaneously i think mm-hmm. thanking him um, mm-hmm. but that is just like my understanding of the <laughs> word i actually have i i don't know what the 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 actual mm-hmm. denotation the the definition of hallelujah is do you yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> come on if i added to the list i had it oh no i added them regardless yeah, okay. and didn't look up the definitions well i didn't look up the definitions this oh, is one just word it. that <laughs> You know, I'm just a big deal. <laughs> big deal. No, but like this is even we sang it today. Hallelujah for the cross, mm-hmm. and and how a worship pastor I guess explained it once was that idea of like, what does it mean to boast? And hallelujah means boasting in the Lord, and hmm. so it's that idea of praise, like what you said, praising God and giving thanks. Because you are boasting in him, and you are boasting um, not in yourself. That's really cool. I didn't know that. I, I honestly think that there are probably probably a few of those words or words like that that are present in songs mm-hmm. and, and in the scriptures. like mm-hmm. Just like we're talking about now that like could not even begin to define for you and and hopefully i'm not the only one but although it'd be great if everybody else knew the definition of hallelujah but well it's an man, interesting word yeah like we just use it assuming that people know what it means i will be honest i don't ever say hallelujah i've never used <laughs> i've never used it outside of singing yeah, in worship yeah, songs that it. other people pick because hallelujah. because i don't know what it is and so i don't need to sure but it's one that's found in scripture correct yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's a good word to use. I'm not, I'm not saying not to use it. I'm simply saying that I don't use it out of turn because I don't That's know what it, I until this moment. I'm going to use it in all of my conversations wow. now, though. Now that you <laughs> enlightened me, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Got? No, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, my turn. I think that actually, I think that this is a good one um, because it, it. I'm thinking like really basic words that we use a whole whole lot. Mm-hmm. Saved or or or. or otherwise salvation that's Mm. that's one that we use a lot what does it mean to be saved or to experience salvation Mm. specifically obviously pertaining to christians what do we mean when we say that yeah um well first romans says that anyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved Mm -hmm. um and so the only action that is required for salvation is calling on the name of the lord okay um, but what it means to be saved is I, I think about that idea of being saved like from the fire, taken from the fire. Like we were going down a path that was leading to destruction. Like apart from God, we are nothing. Hmm. And, and he removed us from that path. Um, and, and I think like... <laughs> It's such an interesting word because we use it all the time and we praise it and, but we just, 
I think it's good to reflect on the path that you are going down. And it's the classic like crossroad illustration where you're going to go. Um, are you going to go on the pathway that leads to death or are you going to go on the pathway that leads to life? And, and God literally took us through the death of his son over from the path of death to to the way of life. And um, I don't know. No, yeah, I, think I didn't even think that. No, I think I think that that's really good. Um, because I did. I kind of wanted to talk about you know just like what that means. Like I remember, um, and I've heard you know a lot of people say like, oh well, I, I got saved. You know, like when I was a kid. And and what a lot of them mean is, well, I, I prayed a prayer when I was a kid, and I know I'm not going to hell anymore. And and so it is. I just thought it would be good to kind of dive into what do we what do we actually mean we're saved? Like, what are we actually yeah. saved from? I think, I think you walked through that pretty well. Like just the yeah. idea that we were on a path headed towards destruction. Like we were in a life filled with sin. I think mm. that when we are saved, we are both saved from the end of that path as well as the actual path itself. Uh, I think that, yeah. I think that that was a really good way to explain that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, I feel like you ask that all the time in our small group. <laughs> Can you explain the gospel? That's one of my words. (laughs) And so, like, just that idea of, like, being saved, that is one that is good that it's a church word. Like, it's good that it's only used in this context because it is unique to the situation. Like, yes, you can be saved from death here on earth, but, like, being saved means so much more because it has eternal implications and... um, it's a heavy thing that you that you have to realize. Like, A, be grateful for, but also a realization of, like, James talks about saving people from the fire. Like, mm. there is a weight between saving people. Um, and that's why, like, going back to evangelize, like, that's why it's so important to spread the good news of Christ is because of the weight of, if they don't get saved, then their path leads to destruction. Yeah. Um, and it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to wrestle with. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Well, we are about at the the time limit that we set for ourselves, and t- so I think we'll move into our our kind of closing segment for tonight. I, honestly, we didn't even get through a fraction of the words no. that I wrote down. You know, no. I, I I wasn't sure how long this conversation would go as far as like per word, how much time we would spend, and like what that mm-hmm. depth would look like, but. Um, and we may have talked about this before when we mentioned it in the past, but I would love, we might do this as a series, depending on, on what you, the listener, um, say about it. Like, yeah. if you guys really enjoyed this, please let us know um, so that we can know to do this again. And also, please send in, if you have church words that we did not talk about, yeah. like, for sure, we still have quite a few. I have a lot on yeah. my list that <laughs> we did not even get near. Yeah. But if there are some church words that you guys know that like you or or the people in your church like use a lot and maybe throw around, like please mm-hmm. remember to uh, – we'll have this information in the podcast show notes. But uh, please email it to us or DM us on Instagram and send those things to us so that we can – so that we can, one, hear some feedback about it, um, mm-hmm. but also give us some, some more information or some more ammunition for next time. Give me some hard words to throw at Christian. Wow. Because and your critique, your critique will probably be Christian doesn't know his Bible that well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My critique will be he doesn't know what Hallelujah means. <laughs> he sings it in worship songs. But with that, I did want to move into. So this is our our, our closing segment for um for all of our our testimonial podcasts. Mm-hmm. We we ask, hey, like, 
what is a book that has greatly impacted you or that you are currently reading? And so um, obviously we've shared ours in the past, um, but just to kind of catch up, Christian, what are you what are you reading right now? Yeah, I just finished actually today a book called Communicating for a Change by Andy Stanley. Um, it's on my to-read list. Now, yeah, it is one that really challenged us even as I start out the way that I approach preaching. Um, and I'm not going to say, oh, this guy is right, because I, I don't think that preaching is an aspect that we can say, well, this is the five-step plan that you have to do. Now, those are helpful tools for us to get that get there and, and connect with our audience, mm-hmm. but um, it was challenging because it was not norm of what I am surrounded by, and, and, and then I think that is good. Like, um, it just challenges... One of the things that it says to do is to listen to yourself preach, which is something that I hate that. <laughs> it's the worst. But it's also, so good. I mean, yeah. Travis talks about it mm-hmm. and, and just talks about how good that is. Yeah, yeah. and like, I do hate it. Yeah, he recommends it, but, and I remember preaching for the way, and I did not listen to my message the week before. I had time, but it just, it was never something I was going to do. I recorded, but it was never something I was going to do. But I, I do I feel um, convicted just to rewatch that, that message and, and realize where I can grow because I do, because I am overly critical. So I know that if I can watch that, I'll be like, well, this sucked and this sucked and this yeah. wasn't, this didn't hit home. And, and I think doing that, is very good because you can be blind to your own. Um, you can be blind to your bad communication techniques um, because you'll mark it off as, oh, it's just my style. And, and I don't think this is, it's primarily for preaching, but I think it is actually more for just communicators in general. Like if you are presenting to an audience, um, these principles still hold up because you need to communicate them in, in an engaging way and not not lose your audience um, and to actually walk away with a point um, rather than just talking for <laughs> minutes minutes on end <laughs> but um, yeah it was a great book Tucker thank you for listening to that I had to run off and double check something sorry <laughs> I listened to, I was literally there until like the last 15 seconds. You're fine. You're fine. I was but for words. That's sometimes, I heard, that's, oh, I heard you scrambling. That was no, I heard some, you scrambling it. That's that it? That's just, the only book that you're reading right now? No, I'm also reading um, <laughs> Lord Teach Us to Pray by Andrew Murray. Scrambling for words? I oh, was. Andrew Murray. That just showed when you Andrew don't have Murray. a point, the audience is lost. They, Everyone probably logged off of Spotify. <laughs> well, they probably now. they probably realized that you were rambling. So, <laughs> but, but Andrew Murray, so yes. the guy who wrote Humility, yes, okay. he wrote a much smaller book that's only twenty pages, which is nice. I was gonna say Humility is um, already pretty short. <laughs> but it's actually it's one I've started actually having a book that I read on my Sabbath to slow down and actually digest something hmm. um, because I have the tendency of just. I, I get to the middle of the book and I'm like, I just want this book to end because I look at the stack of books that I could read and I'm like, oh. I'm enticed to read those. Yes. And so to have a book that I slowly go through and so I read about five pages every Saturday, which I could finish the book in one sitting, yeah. but just uh, the, this month going. to just go through it slowly and that is just something he, that's really and, cool. and that's something he said too is just... Um, that idea of Jesus didn't teach his disciples how to preach. He taught them how to pray. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that's something that I want to take into, I guess, how I prepare messages. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. Um, man, that's good stuff. So what about I'm, for you? Well, <laughs> y- you mentioned the I get I get bored in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and I just want to jump onto a new one. That you're, as the listener is about to see is literally me. Um, so I, I I'm about halfway through the Spirit of the Disciplines, um, which is a, a book. Um, really about uh, so so there's another book that I read a, a while back that I love called The Celebration of the Disciplines mm-hmm. and it's all about like the practicalities of walking through each of the the spiritual disciplines fasting prayer all of that the spirit of the disciplines it's by a guy named Dallas Willard most of these books by the way so you're going to hear John Mark Comer is, is a, mm-hmm. a pastor up at Bridgetown who if you know me you know that I, I love him and and I love um, his books, as well as the people that he listens to and that he reads that, that, that pour into him. I love their stuff. And Dallas Willard is one that he talks about a lot. And this is a book that he loves. And so um, I have been so excited to read this book. And it has been a struggle to get through parts of it because it's extremely dense. It, and it's mm, all about yeah. the heart behind the disciplines. It's not, which the celebration of disciplines is by a guy named Richard Foster. Like, he, he, he definitely hits on that. It's not like he ignores it, but this is all about the heart or the, the spirit behind the disciplines and, and, and how to get into the right place for those things and to practice them for the right reasons. Yeah. And what is the, the actual purpose behind all these things? Anyways, it's, it's a very dense book. And so I got about halfway through that one yeah. and then jumped onto another book. Yeah. And so I'm currently reading through like four, I think. I've got yeah. that one, um, which I still want to finish. I've just put it on pause because mm-hmm. we went back to second and Charles and I bought like 30 more used books. Yeah. yeah, Which is a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, when I disappeared there for a few seconds, it was actually to see if I could grab another book because I I think it's in there on my study. But uh, I'm I'm also going through a book called Practical Mysticism um, by um, a woman named Evelyn Underhill. She wrote, so she wrote a very long book who Dallas Willard actually speaks highly. That's actually where I got the recommendation for this book. Mm-hmm. He speaks highly, I think, of, of mysticism, I think is the name of her actual book. But it was so dense that she went back and she wrote a smaller version of it called Practical Mysticism. And so I've mm-hmm. started that one. Um, and it is kind of along the same lines. It's a little bit more, I think, of the practical side, but it is a lot about spending time with God and what that actually looks like to walk, I think, in step with the Spirit. I'm not super far into that one um, because I've also put that one slightly on pause so that I could read John Mark Comer's new book, Live No Lies, which I, I've really, really enjoyed the the chapter that I've read. Um, <laughs> um, but I love, I, I've really enjoyed that one and was super excited to get that one. Um, he's an interesting guy because he he reads so much and knows so much, but he communicates in a way that is not consistent ex- with that. No, it's ex- it's so simple the yeah. the way that he writes. Like if mm. you've read his book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is is a personal favorite of mine. Mm. I love that book. Mm. It is such an easy read because yeah. he does like he. I, I would I would say like I've, I've obviously never met him. I would say that he's a an intellectual, you mm-hmm. know, somebody who is who's super brainy and stuff. And, and but his writing and and really the way that he speaks as well yeah. is extremely simplistic. And I yeah. I think that's one of the things that I love about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm reading through those, and then I've also been reading through a book that I got I got at random. Um, it was on Amazon. I saw the cover, and I was like, you know what? Like that book is like five bucks. 
Um, I'll, I'll buy it. And it's, it's called, uh, um, is it, is it rhythms of prayer or something like that? I can't remember exactly, but I've been slowly going through it. And so it's supposed to be, um, a collection of prayers and poetry by a number of different pastors and such. And, um, and it's, it's edited by one woman went through and like kind of gathered all of these together. Anyways, it's just been, it's been interesting, um, to go through. And so I've tried to spend typically Saturday mornings when I get up, which hasn't been for the last couple of weeks, but when I'll get up on Saturday mornings and try to spend time with God, I will try to read through one of those because it's just like a, a light prayer or a light poem to go yeah. through. And, and that has yeah. been really, really cool and really restful considering I'm waking up earlier than I need to on a Saturday morning. It's been really good though. But yeah, so those, those are the ones that I'm going through right now. And we'll be sure and we'll link uh, obviously all of those books in our show notes as well. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you guys for listening for this episode. Um, I think Tucker mentioned it before, but um, interact with us on Instagram. Uh, we'll respond if you have any thoughts on this episode or also just thoughts on anything we talked about in this episode. We would love um, to know that and read that and um, discuss that for sure. Um, and then we also, um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever yeah. you're listening. In the show notes will be uh, the links to those books and if you struggle to read and stay focused like, <laughs> we're there with you we love to do it but like it's a, it's a struggle it sometimes a struggle. Um, but yeah. also be looking for our final episode mm -hmm. we, we will have one more episode we're going to do like we said at the beginning a little end of the year recap so be sure to be looking for that um, before this year ends um, so that we can kind of share with you guys what we have coming your way mm -hmm. yeah well, Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.